Hello and welcome to the Deja Review podcast, where a group of film lovers get together to discuss a cult or a classic film that one or more of them has just watched for the very first time. I'm Mike Cairns, and as always, I'm joined by Keen Porkchop Daniel. Hi, I'm a generous endowment from the British film industry. <laughs> right. In- institute. Mm. Mm. Endowment. Yes, mm. I'm a huge grant. <laughs> um. And uh, no Seb this week, but we are joined by our old mate, Alex Heath. Oh, popping a can of wine. <laughs> the yeah. fourth beetle. Oh, thank you. That's a- the fourth chair. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, and we discussed, uh, if you hadn't caught on by that hilarious uh, <laughs> joke from earlier, uh, we discussing, uh, we discussing uh, <laughs> um, 1999's romantic comedy, Notting Hill, starring Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts. Um and who hadn't seen this one? Was this? I had not seen this. You one. had not seen this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your what's your knowledge about the uh, the the whole uh, you know Richard Curtiverse? Well, I mean, I think that's why I hadn't seen it because I have seen a lot of romantic comedies from this period, um, and in like I don't know, I quite enjoy the genre. Um, although I did, it does harken back to um, things I have previously discussed in this podcast, even though Mike explicitly told me not to do that. Um, I did have a bit of internalised misogyny as a teen and would try to pretend I didn't like explicitly girly things mm. or things coded as feminine, um, which obviously the rom-com is. But that didn't stop me from seeing a lot of romantic comedies and so many from around this time. Um and I think the reason I didn't watch this one is because I thought Four Weddings was a bit too self-serious when I saw it, which was, I was a kid. I think that's probably why I didn't like it. Um, and I thought, ah, oh, Richard Curtis, this isn't going to be very fun. And I don't really like the conceit of like, oh, transatlantic romance. What a like, what an amazing setup for some comedy gold. <laughs> like that really just seems pretty lazy to me. But yeah, they they live, they live leave the transatlantic mix-em-ups completely on the table, don't they? Yeah, they do, which mm. is good because that's really, really lazy. Um, but yeah, so I just hadn't seen it, but I've seen so, so many rom-coms um, from this this time and, mm. and later. Um, so yeah, it was just a weird blip that I hadn't, seen it really. What, what are your feelings about the genre more broadly? Well, I'm I'm glad that it's going through a revival and I guess this is a reason to be talking about the, the classics of the, the late 90s, um, partly because the late 90s, early 2000s is having a revival and also because um, the genre is having a revival on Netflix and um, through other streaming platforms. Um, but yeah, it's weird because I think when I would watch them, I would always, I would usually feel kind of unsatisfied because they were often quite poorly made, but I really wanted them to like hit the beats um, that the romance, the rom-com sets up for you, um, that you really want to want the characters to get together. You really want them to have great chemistry, face some sort of obstacle and then ultimately overcome it and with amusing consequences and a cute supporting cast. Mm. What would you say are some of the ones that do that? Like hit the yeah, well, I was looking through 
having having a flash some flashbacks to some some good ones. Ones I really enjoyed were like no strings attached. No, 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 that one. Yeah, you do. It was. It came out at the same time as a movie called Friends with Benefits. It was basically the same movie. Right. But one, this was the this one was with the Natalie Portman Yeah, this one? is the Natalie Portman, Ashton Not Kutcher one. Not the Mila Kunis one. Not the Mila Kunis and one. Justin and Justin Timberlake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really enjoyed that. Another one that I really liked that was um, definitely Maybe. Which again Maybe. wasn't like super Who's in that huge. One? That's I, like, I know, these are all words I that I understand. They're words. That's know. the thing. They yep. don't really like, uh, apply you know, to. I've seen these posters. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But um, who who was in definitely Maybe? So that's Ryan Reynolds and um, Abigail Breslin is his daughter, and she's oh, trying to. He's yes. telling her stories about these three women that he loved, and right. she's trying to work out which one of them is her mum. Oh. So. It's yeah, I remember you talking about this. Yeah, it's yeah. How I Met Your Mother, but yeah. with Ryan Gosling. Ryan, no, Ryan Reynolds. Wrong Ryan, yeah. One of the titular guys and a pizza place. Yes, yes, yes yeah. one of the guys. <laughs> okay. He wasn't the pizza place or the girl. He was right. definitely one of the guys. Um, and like The Holiday was quite oh, of this that era. One. What's yeah. The Holiday? It's, oh, the, it's, pretty, it's pretty rough in places, but... Um, Kate Winslet and Jack Black are just so adorable that it kind of elevates the rest of it. So that's where um, Cameron Diaz mm. and Kate Winslet swap houses and get in, sort of involved in each other's lives. Um, again, transatlantically. Because it's a, yeah, it's, an, it's, you know, the American in yeah, Britain. Yeah, the American and, in Britain and yep. the, um, the English woman in, in Hollywood. Yep. Um, and they fall in love with... The, Jack Black and Jude Law. I think Jack Black's a, a music producer? Yes. Or write songs or write something songs, like that? Yeah. Something like that. Does yeah, he make that any wacky it. faces? He sure oh. does, but he's definitely a more, it's, he's more in a restrained Jack Black mode, but he definitely is still Jack Blacking it quite a lot. Yep. Yeah. Um, Kane, what's your, you know, you've seen Notting Hill? Yeah, I saw Notting Hill. I'm pretty sure I saw it a couple of times on DVD. Yeah. Uh, with ladies? Thoughts? Sorry? With ladies? I don't believe so. Were you a guy who would offer to watch them to... No. 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 Um, I don't, like, I've never been super reluctant to watch films that are coded as female, I don't think. But mm. I don't think I ever spent a lot of time with anybody. I, I, I never had that dynamic, I don't think, with a woman. You know what I mean? The uh, One for me, one for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I saw it a couple of times on DVD and, and was quite charmed by it. I think I was predisposed to uh, enjoying a romantic comedy starring Julia Roberts on account of... Um, Pretty Woman? Pretty Woman, yeah. Mm. I, um, that movie's too dark for me, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, it is and it isn't, yeah. right? Like, I mean, yeah, but it has its moments. Yeah, um, yeah like George Costanza is pretty yeah. gross in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, it completely kind of. Well, I'm not. I'm not trying to make sex work out to be like a veil of tears. That you know what I mean. That that, but um, it uh, doesn't reckon with sex work in any real way. I watched it again. I think maybe last year, mm. and it's a great movie. But it's Julia Roberts just. Yeah, carries that whole she's thing. selling the hell out of it. Yeah. But I don't know. I just think Richard Gere's too cruel, and I don't. And I. I don't know. I can't get a, I can't get on board with their relationship, and that's like one of the fundamental things you need to be cheering for the couple. Otherwise, it's not fun. Mm. And you d- it just feels like 
oh, this power imbalance is too much. Yeah. I always just think about him snapping the jewel box on her fingers. It's like, that's supposed to be cute and funny, but that, <laughs> to me, is just so Aggressive. dark. Yeah. I'm like, this sums it up, doesn't it? You're treating her a bit like, oh, yeah, we know what you're here for. Well, I mean, the power dynamic is, is uh, I mean, maybe this is why, at least to my mind, Notting Hill has stood something of a test of time. Yes. Yeah. Because the power dynamic is... Very mm, much switched. Yeah. So let's, yeah, I mean, let's discuss this uh, this movie. It is um, Hugh Grant at his Hugh Grantiest. He's very um, Hugh Grant. Very floppy hair. Yeah. There's a lot of floppy hair in this movie. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it starts off really rough. It's so rough. Um, and I, oh, that I went, opening. Look, I went the- into it really, pro- I put, did it properly. I put on a face mask. <laughs> and actually, it's an it was an ASAP one I hadn't used before. It actually just smelled like expensive calamine lotion. But mm. I f- properly set up for it. I'm like, I got my can of wine. You were wearing yep. a robe. I was wearing a robe. I had my face mask <laughs> on. I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm in the zone. Yep. Crack the tinny. That crack my tinny. And that opener is the roughest Ooh. shit I've seen in some I was wearing a tuxedo, time. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yeah, God, yeah. Notting Hill is so quirky. It's no, no, oh no. Before it even gets to that, oh, the credit sequence, yeah, the mm. Elvis Costello doing a wet, wet, wet impression, oh, oh. and then <laughs> that was oh. and and is and that just, an original song? Yeah, it is. It is a rough song. I'm, oh. I mean, I'm not a huge Elvis Costello fan, but good people actually, really like I Elvis like, Costello. Yeah, right? no, yeah. there's some classic Elvis Costello. Oh, totally. That, like in the it, yeah the it, 70s and stuff. But good lord, now I think he married Diana Krall and everything went downhill from there. <laughs> I, I don't know Are anything just, about. Did you just Yoko Ono Diana Krall? <laughs> he has to take personal responsibility for that song. <laughs> that is true. Mm. Yeah, of course Yoko Ono is better than the Beatles, but yes, well. Um, Wokest man in the room. No, I've I've got two ears, <laughs> and, and I've listened to Yoko Ono's discography. Mm-hmm. Oh, what was I going to say? Something very about Elvis Costello. Oh yeah, just songs. just just yeah. that. Insightful. I mean, I, I no, not insightful. I I thought that um, uh, Elvis Costello had a reputation for being like uncompromising and yeah. like un unsellouty. Mm. Like his music, I don't I don't know anything about him, but. Uh, his music has a, it's, I mean, it's obviously pop rock, like it's mm-hmm. not inaccessible music. It's but jaunty often. Yeah, but, but, but it's- This it, ain't jaunty. Yeah, my impression of him is is that he was always doing his own thing in an uncompromising way. So I was very surprised to hear that uh, this, like, oh. dripping yeah. in sugar song yeah. is- Elvis and Costello. it's really not in his range either. Like, you think he's straining a oh, little bit? Oh, he's right? yeah. straining. Yeah, recorded on the toy toy, I reckon. Um, <laughs> uh, but and then that montage of oh, clips of her that look like they've been like found on Getty Images well, and just no, it stitched was from, together. It was uh, it was from Entertainment Tonight. Oh, get so out they of just here. got they just. I mean, because it wouldn't have been hard to pull together no. a bunch of no. footage of her at premieres and things like that because no. she's been doing that for. 10 years. But you just know. maybe get a decent camera and yeah. reshoot it if you're going to do that because it, it looks like entertainment tonight. I guess they, tonight, I guess, you're I guess they probably totally got, fine. They, well, they probably just had to because they, they probably just gave them the footage with the little ET symbol in the corner. So they had to like zoom in <laughs> zoom over in it and it, like, yeah. crop, crop past it. But, <laughs> no, that Bob makes going um, to Mary Harder sitting there going, 
<laughs> that's perfectly fine it's like it set, sets up that you, that uh, your the audience and everybody in the film's experience of her has always been mediated through the TV I get that but yeah. it looks like absolute garbage mm. um, but then uh, we get the like oh, and it comes yeah. up no, nowhere else in the film but the, the lazy lazy voiceover, voiceover. For, to, to set up a bunch of Facts or a bunch mm. of a uh, bunch of exposition that could have been taken care of in two lines of dialogue. Yeah, and or and and actually happens during the during film. the film. In fact, if you cut yeah. the voiceover, it would have been you great. wouldn't be able to discern any like difference. Really, yeah, absolutely. They lavish a lot of time on the architect who in that uh, uh, voiceover as well, who barely figures into the movie. The, the architect who uh, starts a restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah. His whole story oh, I basically that was even in. There. Yeah, um, apparently the original cut was like three and a half hours long. You oh my don't God. say. Well, there's again. This is a two-hour movie. This could be a, a brisk yeah, it ninety could minutes. Could be a and, very tight um, ninety. I don't yeah. know. It zips the, along though. We we oh. doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, we paused it, and an hour had gone by, and it felt like a, uh, a hot minute. And I, I was dismayed yeah. to find out there was still an hour to go. Yeah. Though, like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe the first hour was pretty breezy, and the second hour they sort of start struggling a little bit. Yeah, I think. and and the first few jokes really just fall flat. And to to be honest, I think for me. The, uh, because I remember seeing this mm. and, you know, quite enjoying it and remembering, and, and I, I just clearly remember most of the Reese Ifans stuff mm-hmm. and um, remembering him That's being my great. impression of that film um, is that everyone likes Reese Ifans. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but I, I actually think uh, the whole, um, we're talking a lot about the Beatles, the whole Ringo Starr toppy top hole gag yes oh, I mm. thought that was really funny was- it was like I, I was like and then he's and, but, and then Hugh Grant was like it's not a it's not a really great story is it you know <laughs> and it was just I thought okay that's a good joke mm-hmm. like I was really happy with that joke and I thought okay cool we've got another hour and 50 minutes so uh, we're gonna be good um but um, but yeah, and then I gotta uh, say, just just quickly, the mm. one good thing about that introductory um, voiceover Expl- ex- explanation <laughs> is when he says there's a there's a salon on the street called Barbarella, and a client um, walks out of there, um, and he says he makes a crack about how every client has Cookie Monster hair, yeah. which is a savage burn that holds up because I, I truly believe that's really quite an evergreen call. Like that hair looked pretty, pretty contemporary 20 years later, just <laughs> yeah. corkscrew curls with like bright blue. Yep. It was, yeah, that mm. as a, as a person in the hair industry that I, I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, and then, and then it's sort of, yeah, we, we get into it and Julia Roberts turns up at the bookshop and Hugh Grant is, you know, um, 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 yeah, yes, um, 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 doing his Hugh Grantiest best. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and somehow uh, Julia Roberts finds this attractive. Yeah. It's funny because you don't really see her enjoying it, but actually that makes a lot of sense. They don't seem to have chemistry, but it's because she's used to putting up barriers yeah. to people, yep. which is is unfortunate because it reads true for the character that she doesn't, um, she can't let people know when they're affecting her because mm. she don't nev- you never know when someone's going to be trying to take advantage of you. But it makes the courting process a bit one-sided and feel a bit 
uh, like the, the initial chemistry kind of struggles to catch a light because she, as a character, can't allow herself to show that she's interested and has to act kind of disaffected for pretty much 30 or so minutes, really. Until, but until the, the, the kiss. The kiss, which feels, feels really, really out, of out of place. That's yeah. sexual what I thought assault. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. I, I, you know really if she, if she, I, I, I kind of feel like if she'd just given him like a, a, a more sort of a, like a, a cheek a, kiss. A but, lingering but with, A lingering with, you know, maybe the, the hand on the side. Yeah. You know, then you'd be sort of like, oh, oh hello. Hello. Yeah, it's but working. There, but then it was just like, you know, yeah. and, he, and, and, and again, Hugh Grant is very much in this movie, he is the, um, uh, you know, on the, well, not on the back foot, but mm. um, he is the one who is, you know, pursuing her and he knows how unattainable this yes. is and things like that. And um, and so he is always uh, in a very Hugh Grant way. Yeah. Um, but he is, every just everything is fine, you know, like... Whatever you do, that's fine. That's fine. You know, yeah. I'll apologise. That's fine kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I had that same note too, that I think his self-deprecation. Wor- I think it works it in works, this movie. It works. Know? But it, I think it um, is quite believable how, you know, by the end it becomes kind of a weapon against her, which I suppose we'll get to later yep. in that final bookshop scene of the two of them. Um, but it... <clears throat> initially, the nice guy turns p- kind of pretty nasty by the end. Mm. But at least initially, I mean, this is the fundamental but, contradiction of the character, right? Is that he's like this, uh, this cocked out like loser. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Uh, the guy who owns a travel bookshop who never goes anywhere. Yeah, all those yeah. kind yeah. of really who's, obvious. Who's, who's just been humiliated metaphors. by yeah. by by some hideous shrew. Uh, and what gives him the 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 stones to um to pursue the world's biggest movie star? The hair, I think. <laughs> yeah, the floppy hair. Yeah. yeah. The uh the over large crumpled shirts. Which I think it's a great look. I I, I yeah. don't know how you pull that off, but I guess be really slim. Is yeah, I how think you pull I think it it's yeah. I can't do that. I just look like my shirt's too big. It doesn't look artful. Hmm. <laughs> it, almost, it, looks at like times, a, it looks like a pirate shirt. At times, didn't look that artful on Hugh. There's one point where only half of the back is untucked, and it just looks. Ooh. Yeah, no. Yeah, too yeah. far. I thought that uh, the the way he uh, Hugh was costumed was very evergreen. You could you could put him in a movie in 2019. Sort of hot normcore vibes for mm-hmm. sure. Mm. Nice chinos and a uh, textured blazer, and you're off to the races. Yep. Mm. And 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 did you guys feel like? his, um, like, ranting about marmalade and such, like, that that was, I found, did you find it endearing? I don't know if. I think it, it went on too long. Yeah. Mm. I think, I think Richard Curtis is a bit too in love with his own writing and so he doesn't know when to pull back on that sort of thing. And I think that was probably the voiceover as well at the beginning. He just wanted to write a voiceover. Oh, yeah. He just wanted uh, more you, script for I, his proxy. You know what? I, I, I would argue uh, that. That voiceover yes. was a um, notes, you know, notes from the the producers. Oh, okay. It's like, we need to explain this a little more, you yeah. know, and um, I imagine that that was, you know. Um, well, in- <laughs> but the weird thing, like, is if they're trying to over-explain, then surely uh, his uh, 
one of his friends' wives and friend herself in a wheelchair would be something that would be covered in the next position. Yeah. You, yeah. You, I mean, of, of I course. I that they didn't. No, no, and, and totally I did too. Like like it was just there and it was pretty or, normalized or, or whatever. I'm just saying like if if you're getting, the, you must explain everything. Mm. That, that would seem pretty high on the list of things to well, explain. Well, perhaps because as you said, this was, you know, had such a long cut that the restaurateur had much bigger had a much bigger part in the film, hence dropping his name at the start, so it vaguely explains right, why yeah, he's yeah, there yeah. at oh, the end. Sure. Um, so it might have just been a production sort of like, well, we've got to explain this guy. Yeah, we've, we've just cut, cut, him cut out an hour completely, and so um, we've got to put it somewhere. Yeah, and maybe yeah, maybe this, maybe well, of, in my mind, this, <laughs> the the Lawrence of Arabia of you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, in my mind, Richard Curtis is a bloated ego. He's in yeah. love with his own writing. Imagines himself to be Hugh Grant and wants to just put as many of his own words. But I'm prepared to accept that the producers wanted to put that in. Hmm. I, think I, I mean, that's that. that's that's always kind of the what's alleged with Hugh Grant's rules in Richard Curtis movies, right? That he, that as you said, he is a proxy, that he's more or yeah, less playing and, Richard and, Curtis. And, and they work together because they, they said, well, like he, um, he, he says, uh, Richard Curtis says, you know, no one can do my dialogue like Hugh Grant. Mm. Um, like, do you reckon he puts the ums and ahs and stuff in the script? He's like, oh, we need more ums, you well, know, and I some s- more... We recently watched a video uh, where Hugh Grant so breaks down his most iconic roles. Is it for GQ? I think it was GQ. They do. I think, I think he, GQ do those because they check do that. Check it out. Vanity, Vanity on, Fair does uh, them as well. Yeah, yeah. check yeah. it out on YouTube. Hugh Grant oh, so breaks good. down his most mm. iconic roles. But he basically describes all his early roles as he's just playing himself. So right. I think that's probably all him Yep. because that is actually how he talks. And so wow. he just gets the – he takes the – stuff and just interpolates it into that voice. Yeah. Wow. He'd be a joy to hang out with. Yeah, he's, he's such a morose, Honestly, black-hearted I think guy. Probably it's back so then good. he wouldn't have been a joy to hang out with, but now he has a bit of perspective on it all. And Oh, yeah. I wanted to hang I'm, out with him. Yeah. Like, he's like so fucking bleak and like yeah, Hugh sardonic. Circa today so seems yeah. like a fun guy to have a beer with. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I've, I, I heard of I've heard a few interviews with him recently. I think it was for, um, what's the, um, Meryl Streep, um, someone Foster Jenkins. Florence Foster Flor- Jenkins. Florence, um, which he got big, you know, he was, was apparently fantastic in, but I read. Um, and Didn't watch it though, did you? No. No. <laughs> um, it's got uh, Meryl Streep in it. He doesn't like sort of powerful female. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I'll continue. Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, but he is apparently brilliant in that. Um, but he's, he's, I think he's, yeah, he's very much come to terms with, uh, you know, his age and where he sits within the, uh, in the world. And he also made a, quite a good joke about the fact that um, he was the only British actor not to get a Guernsey in a Harry Potter film, mm. um, which, you know. Mm-hmm. I think, I think he was... goes into that in this <clears throat> breakdown as well. Maybe that's a bit of a talking Maybe. point for him. But just around... Hugh Grant. Yeah. Um, as a lady. I get around Hugh Grant. Um, yeah. yeah. What 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 are you what are you what are your thoughts about Hugh? Look, you sort of like him in spite of yourself. I think that's probably the Hugh Grant appeal in the at circuit this time, where he doesn't have a super a huge amount of self awareness in the way that, like he's not acting like he has a lot of self-awareness in the way that he does um, when you see him talking about his roles, which is quite appealing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point in time, yeah, you 
he is attractive, but I think what I don't like about this film is that he and his milieu are situated as this upper middle class um, group and I don't want to hang out with them. No. And he might be appealing as a bumbling, foppish sort of floppy-haired guy, but his set are not very – it's not – no one really wants the upper middle class guy. That to me is not very attractive. And I think um, Richard Curtis does a better – job of setting up the, fr- even though they, they have great chemistry as a friend group, I think he does it better in something like Bridget Jones's Diary, where they're more maybe lower middle class. Right. And so you feel, they feel less. The driving kind of, and the driving and stuff and the, the, the sort of negative comments about their lives and things like that would land better, better. if they, yeah. if they were a little bit more, um, Less privileged, yeah. I yes, guess. Yes, less privileged. Well, yeah, none of them, like, and that's oh, the thing. Oh, woe is me, I'm bad at stockbroking. Like, oh, 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 okay, oh, cool. Woe is me, woe is me. I live on, like, the Notting Hill High Street. Yeah. My bookshop is on the Notting Hill High Street. Yeah. You know, and it makes, you know, zero money, but I'm somehow just, just you know, I am in, I am in it doesn't floppy even, hair product and nice mm. shirts till, you and know. And he doesn't even have to do the work there himself. No, he's got his, he's you got, know, his staff member. He's got a cardigan. Yeah. Yeah. Doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that's probably what I didn't love about this as much, even though I do think um, he's good at writing like those dinner party scenes. Yeah. I think those dinner party scenes work better, as I said, in Bridget Jones's diary, where the characters themselves are a bit less moneyed and plummy. And yeah, I know. I get. I, I completely. Understand I guess. That. I guess if you're accepting Spike on account of his Welsh, the the only other, the only time. Somebody who's coded as yeah. uh, lower class. He's Bernard Black. <laughs> oh, I was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was oh, I was happy yeah. with Dylan Moran. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I was thinking about that. Uh, the the woman with the frizzy hair. Oh, His sister. No, no, no. no, no. The come on, Willie. Let's get sloshed. Oh, the yeah. first oh, woman the first, he's set up with. The first of the. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so the one he time like you, you have office. somebody without a plummy, um, high tone. Accent, yeah. she, she exists to be humiliated, yeah. essentially. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So class politics, and then the no weird, good. and then the weird uh, fruitarian. Um, yeah. You know, that was, but, but, but even she's speaking yeah. in uh, uh, RP. RP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I do think he's attractive, but I, that gets in the way of me fully buying into him in this particular situation. Yeah. Yeah. Also, he's just so like morose as well. Is he good looking? Yes, I think he's is good he looking. Do you think he's good looking? Yeah. 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 I think he's pleasantly, one of his friends describes him as being fuzzy around the edges. I think that yep. actually works for him because I think a bit younger than this and it'd be a bit much. But really? He's got kind sort of sharp features. Yeah, but the crumpling around, mm. he's got some like dimpling around his cheeks and the way oh. his face kind of crumples. His he's got a crumply cool, face. His crumply face, crumpled shirts, floppy hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think this is peak... It's in terms of just purely on looks. I think this is Pete Grant. He, I mean, yeah, he 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 looks like he belongs in a Henry James or Thackeray novel or mm. something. You know, put some breeches on the guy. Mm. Has he been? He's been in some. Um, oh, he's definitely done some period drama. Mm. Period drama. Yep. Stuff. Can't couldn't tell you one, but no, yeah. no. seems right. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Because then you sort of get a few years later, you know, it's about a boy and things like that mm. where he starts um, becoming the sort of slightly older creepy guy mm. um, with all the very young. What was the Drew women. Barrymore one? Music and lyrics. That's right. Ooh. Um, that was very bad. Oh, speaking of music, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, this oh. is the, this is the most let's get a soundtrack in mm-hmm. um, movie, but the actual score is woeful, just woeful. Like the just the incidental music. <laughs> I is, honestly didn't notice it because oh, it was that it was offensive to my ears. It is terrible. But then it's just let's throw a couple of soul classics in. I um, was thanking the Lord when the soul classics showed up because it meant we weren't listening to Ronan Keating anymore. Well, I mean that song. Well, and and, and I did want to talk about it because mm. this again, I think we've we've discussed earlier about the movie song. You know the the, mm. the song for a movie, and that, yes. that that you say it best song was, you know, a huge hit, and Very it big. was all you know, like the film clip is interspersed with clips from the movie, uh, and right, yeah. it's like the don't want to miss a thing kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I just feel like in the two thousands that kind of disappeared. Like I can't really think of you know, like you know, you got your wiki wiki wild wild wests and mm. stuff like that, which came out in the same year. And then you click over to the two thousands and I can't really think of many. Napster baby. Yeah. But I just can't think of the, you know, those movies that had the song, um, which, oh, you the know, song. Hmm. um, that really, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Brian Adams. Unless it's a musical. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think probably they felt it was a bit old hat, and maybe the um, companies weren't that keen to push songs and films as packages, like yep. on the on to consumers. Mm. Maybe I don't know. Speaking of consumers and packages and companies, <laughs> do we have a uh, sponsor, Kate? Uh, we sure do. Let's hear from them. This episode is, of course, brought to you by the lovely people at Everyday Coffee. They got the headquarters in uh, Sackville Street, Collingwood. They got uh, the bookstore in uh, Carlton. Uh, Everyday Midtown in the CBD where they sap the wallets of of awful suits. And uh, all are welcome, the pastry place in Northcote. Um, they're the best beans in town. There's no getting around it. I personally endorse them, and my endorsement means the world to you. The beans, the coffee is so good, I take my coffee black. But uh, when I taste the coffee, I start spontaneously lactating, and the milk drips into my coffee, and I drink milk coffee from that point forward. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the Portuguese Tourism Commission. They didn't supply me with any copy, and my stepnephew Bopus changed the Wi-Fi password on me, so I got a freestyle this one. Really draw from my infinite pool of knowledge about this jewel in the crown of Asia. First, you gotta say, the word Portuguese is a little tricky to spell. Not very tricky, but a little. A lot of U's, which I don't find alienating, really. It's like it's saying to you, you gotta care a little to spell it correctly. We've got some self-respect. This is an exchange. We're not going to just lie back and take it. Second, all drugs decriminalized, which, if I'm understanding correctly, is more about harm minimization and has to do with some boring-ass progressive criminal policy, not facilitating ecstasy-fueled bacchanals. So a mixed bag there. Third, port wine. This, like most fortified wines, gets a bad rap. 
but it's sweet and delicious and tastes of Sultana's chocolate and the breath of a friendly rotund man with a grey beard and exciting library of Japanese erotica in the best translations you can find this side of yesterday. So go to Portugal, I guess. So let's talk, uh, I think we should talk about that group of friends and just the mm-hmm. uh, the the big supporting cast in this it's film. It's quite large. Quite large. Um, and some very excellent people mm-hmm. in there. Um, I think I think Gina McKee, who uh, plays, I, I should have written the character's name down. Oh, no. Um, but she is the- Bella. Uh, yes, in the, the in wheelchair. The wheelchair. She, I could watch her- Mm-hmm. In well, I've seen her in a few things, but she's just very excellent in this movie. Like she, she feels like the 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 one one person in that whole group of friends that you would want to hang out with. Yeah, yeah, agreed. <laughs> yeah, she was in Phantom Thread. I've forgotten about that. <gasps> was she? Yeah, and she's in that Bodyguard TV series. Yeah, and, and lots of um, <laughs> yeah, lots of TV stuff. I yeah, I think she's and and the scenes between her and her husband and that you know when he carries her up the stairs yeah. and I really like that that little moment when it's the three of them mm. and you know it's um uh yeah I, I quite enjoyed that bit yeah he um, that Richard McCabe I think is her partner he <laughs> needs a better chin apart from that I've got no complaints he was his, in his chin Blackadder. and neck just He's, kind of. Yeah. Like, how did he get her, really? I mean. Yeah, that's. that's I guess it's true. England, things are different. <laughs> People don't realise. Massive hog. Maybe. Yeah. Possible. Um, and uh, and the sis, uh, Emma Chambers. Yeah, yeah. Who, From Vicar of Dibley. Yeah, passed away last year. Oh, really? Yeah, really. Yeah, oh. I think she uh, um, had a, yeah, was... She wasn't that, you know, she was in probably in her 50s. So, yeah, yeah very unfortunate. But, um, but she, I mean, she plays the, you know, the quasi sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, you know, I she, quite liked she, her. And you buy it. I, I also think that that was probably another thing on the cutting room floor of um, her relationship yeah, with, with Spike. Spike you which, know, which came out of nowhere. nowhere. Mm. Like, uh, and I, I wonder if that whole um, amazing CGI sequence of like he, when he's walking down the high street and it goes through, you know, all the seasons. Mm-hmm. Was that CGI? Um, there was some. There was some CGI was going that? on there. Yeah, seamlessly cut. Um, uh, but uh, where. Okay, let's. We need to push a year past. We need to six get a months lot of, actually. Oh, six months is when they in oh, the right, when they're having right, dinner. Right. He's like, I know I've been really morose the last six months, but oh, I'm turning it around. Right. I'm like, oh my god, that was only supposed to be six months. Why yeah. did you go so extra with that dumb montage? Yeah, and then but you see, um, what's your problem you with see, the montage? I you hate see montages. Honey, <laughs> you see Honey breaking up with a guy in yes, that montage, in the montage and then, someone gives birth to a baby. Yeah, but then uh, but then apparently they're together. You know, yeah, and it's sort of like, okay. I think Honey does engaged. move fast. Yeah, I can. I think that tracks for her <laughs> yeah, character. She, yeah, so yeah, like, that's true. Yeah, that is true. A- and for Spike too. Yep, he'd just be like, yeah, sure, why not? Well, and, again, and, that track. And what do we think of Reese Fance in general? Initially, I, I was I was waiting to be love him because I yep. said that was pretty much. The main thing I knew about the movie is that everyone says he's the best part of the mm. movie. Um, and initially, I was like, oh, okay, because that t-shirt gag the is t-shirt? very much like oh. for the trailer. You know that is um, very bad. But also, I didn't love that. also, I imagine that's also one where they would have um, done a recut. You know, another shot 
of instead of fancier fuck, it would have been fancier shag for TV or right, for airplanes. Yep. Like an easy, easy yeah, way easy to, switch you know, easy switcheroo. Um, Use some more of that CGI budget. Yeah. Um, but then, but then when, you know, there's the, the moments of, you know, when, when he's just wearing the, takes the big drag on his cigarette, um, when he's, you know, got the goggles on yep. or when they're, you know, the Pandora's box choke Pandora's and all of that, you know. quite lands. Yep. Him posing in front of the paparazzi oh. in his tidy grays. No, I, did, I didn't like that either. I, I liked it. Yeah. I, 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 <clears throat> I do remember thinking that he was like just hilarious and mm. the greatest uh, in retrospect, not so much. However, I, I think that when he's actually doing jokes, he's at his worst. But when he's just doing just, like reactions or like like the, I think that one of the funniest parts of the movie is when um, Hugh Grant spurns uh, Anna at the very end mm. when she brings the Chagall painting. Yep. And he runs in late, and they're all consoling him, saying he made the right decision. And you know, he says, "Oh, sort of dog, I've made the wrong decision, haven't yep. I?" And he just and he just goes, "Yep, yep." That was very funny, and I think that there's a bunch of moments like yes, that. Yes, I agree. Where, where That's he's, where I he's came actually around. somewhat the voice of reason to yeah. some degree, where or, all the friends, yeah. or, or just the cutting to the point, you know, where he's, he's like, "You idiot!" He's, yeah, you know? yeah, he's just doing like, and other points where he just does a, uh, the officey reaction, a human shots. reaction gif. Yeah, is yeah. where he yeah, excels yeah. Yeah. totally, and less so, yeah, in the joke delivery. And I think I was expecting mm. him to be funnier as a deliverer of jokes, and I, it yeah. really was more the bodily performance yeah. than it was the um, verbal performance. But also the, uh, I mean, if if he was not in this movie, this would be, I think. <laughs> he definitely Much needs to. For it. Yeah, well, he needs to you lighten need, the mood because yeah. basically the lead characters are depressive, and actually both of the lead characters seem pretty depressed. Mm. Um, and so does pretty much everyone around them. Yeah. So you need someone who's blithely uncaring about their, who seems to have no interior life and is yeah. purely just responding to stimuli in a humorous mm. way. Well, yeah, I mean everybody's morose, right? Yeah. And this this film. Presages, presage, I never know how to yep. say that. Presages. Presages. Presage. Uh, austerity mm. under, you know, the the then burgeoning neoliberal mm. order in that like- Cool Britannia, man. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and then, so it's it's ahead of the, the wave of austerity in that it's, its point of view is that the most one can hope for is a kind of put-upon domesticity. You know what I mean? Like the final shot just ends up with them in in a park and uh, Hugh Grant's reading Captain Corelli's Mandolin um, while uh, Julia Roberts has a... a, um, Baby bump. Baby bump. bump. And so the film's thesis is not that uh, what one can hope for and and achieve in this life is... uh, is a um, wonderful uh, Hollywood life, like the thing that one, the the thing that one can only aspire to, is is a is a muted domesticity. You know what I mean? And and this oppressive kind of Englishness. Well, I think they just they're positing that Julia Roberts is not made happy yes. by this life, and I think it's important that they make it clear in that unfortunate. Uh, the last prelude sort of, of like shots of their future together. Yeah, I a really huge mistake. With that. They should have yep. left it at the press conference yep. where everyone, like the goodwill, is enormous at yes. that point in the audience. And it really, 
drags the ending. And they just ruin it. Yep. But yep. at least they make clear in the ill-advised prelude that she continues to have a career. It's not like she gives up her career forever and just no, lives no, with absolutely. him and that's it. And she still has a career. And being awkward on the, yeah. the, the, and the red, red carpet. carpet and she's things still like that. working, but she's realised that she can't rely on the business to make her happy. She mm. wants also to I, have I, I agree. I think I agree both. with both both points to, yeah. to some degree in yeah. the sense that... The overarching, perhaps, yes. message is that don't aim sky high, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, but the fact that she, yeah, because so much of her, you know, the, her role in this film is m- dealing with and managing, you know, the, the, that world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and it was funny, I, uh, one of my notes is, uh, you know, because this was, I mean, would have been shot in what ninety eight, um, but uh, and and I mean we we had the internet, we had very chunky mobile phones at that point, but we this did. this movie There's, kind of just it. completely ignores that, and you know one of the plot points is someone not taking a message mm. on the phone and things like that, and I it was it was almost and, and I know it's so dumb, but it was just like oh that that, that was quite nice <laughs> like, <laughs> because. Because and it also shows that the paparazzi in the UK were still fucking shit before the internet, and oh, they, yeah. you know, oh, they. Um, but uh, but yeah, and, and but but the fact that you know it was um, you know tomorrow, and and he has that line, you know, tomorrow's news yeah. will be lining the the bins, so, you know, the bins and things like that, and uh, but it's you know it's a whole different whole different game now. Um, On that though, I did think that. This movie was kind of a story about men not understanding how um, Im- how affecting slut shaming is. Yeah, his response to her pain and uh, fear and and quite well founded mm. um, negative reaction to having nudes leaked yep. um, uh, and video of her doing a nude photo shoot. Um, and the reaction of the press to them hooking up and to them yeah. cat getting photos of him in his underwear and her in his apartment. Mm. And he's like, well, you know, it's not... Oh, I don't know why I made him... Um, Hello, I'm you. Doors off. Who am I doing again? <laughs> no, you sounded like um, uh, what's his name from? Um, uh, it was like, oh, I didn't. Oh, I'm bloody you, Grant. It's you know, it's Jason Statham. Jason says this is Statham. Yeah, so I'll just yeah. do a Jason. St- Jason Statham. He's not the famine in the Sudan, <laughs> is it? It isn't, is it? Um, no, I him just sort of being like, I don't really. I mean, I suppose I think we're supposed to identify with his position there and say. Again, it's one of those character things where he's like, I, uh, you know, I, uh, because I'm not in that world, yeah. you know, why would you bother? Uh, why, yeah. you know, because uh, he doesn't know. Yeah. You know, like, uh, and, and that's another thing. He knows all about her and has seen all those movies, yeah. but he doesn't know um, uh, when he's doing those, the that over-laboured horse and hound gag. Um, <laughs> I actually uh, the um, Yeah, her co-stars, anything about their careers or... Anything like that. And... Um, the little girl, Misha Barton. Mitch, Misha Barton, so cute. I didn't even realise. Really, I, no. her face is exactly the same. Really, so like- Lester Freeman from The Wire as well. Yeah, yep. Can you do you? Can you guys sort of discuss or? Uh, mm. I, I can I've discuss. Never yes. I can Tell discuss. me what to discuss. Uh, I have never understood why people don't like Julia Roberts. Yes. Because I have liked her in pretty much everything that I've seen her in, and I think I, she is. Definitely the best part of this movie. She's 
her performance is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I, I understand why she is, you know, the level of movie yeah. star that she is. I think it's just a reaction to that consensus. So she's like America's sweetheart. She's so beloved. Therefore, people have to get their back up about the fact that so many people think that. So many people like you believe that. So they're going to turn around and say the opposite. Right. And also okay. she does have a slightly, I mean, if you wanted to say this, and I don't, but I think people say she has slightly horsey features. Right. But she doesn't. It's stupid. She's stunningly beautiful. Mm. I think that there's and a great actor. I think that there's. I was thinking that there's something fundamentally unknowable about her or mm. something. Like, In the like, tradition of a like a movie star, that yeah, she holds something star. back and, yeah. and changes slightly in a sort of enigmatic way for each role. Yeah, she's she's just her. There's so many movie stars for whom it feels like they are making their interior emotional lives available to you. Mm. via their performances. Mm. And I don't think you can say that for no, Julia she's very, Roberts. Like I say, she's very enigmatic. And, yeah. and I think it's... And I think that's partly it. Like the cl- And it's almost the classic movie star as, mm. as the, you know, the, the sort of the 50s and 60s mm. where a lot of these, you know, actors and actresses were... Um, or actors were unknown, you know, yeah. like because apart from the, yeah, you know, what the rags. The, yeah, you what know, the what studio they, would put out about yeah. them. Yeah, um, See, and, and uh, totally, I agree. And and I would chalk up that uh, backlash or reaction as kind of, as a kind of misogyny, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That, yeah. that, um, that if a woman isn't completely available for uh, body, body and mind uh, from, for consumption... Then maybe maybe that's kind of I I think I've tried to hit on this idea yeah. a little bit because I we talked about it a little bit with Michelle Pfeiffer and Batman Returns and um, somebody else you know what I mean that that they are objectively beautiful but they're not um, uh, sexualized in popular culture like the way that a lot some other actors are mm. well, they, uh, and they've managed to keep a lot of stuff I mean. It, it's a, it's a really good point because uh, you know especially at the moment um the the you know Keanu is uh, very much mm. um in forefront of uh, you know um a lot of things and because he has been very uh, you know keeps things close to his chest and mm. things like you know they know people know some things about him but um uh, where and and people think that that's just brilliant and you know and it's just stories about Keanu and all of that sort of stuff. It can work for a man. It can work for a man mm. or um, yeah and, and even people like Matt Damon who keeps his you know like his family out of and I'm sure he pays a lot of people a lot of money yeah. to do that but he's not really a scandal person mm. and um, and that's a that's to be um, uh, lauded as opposed to uh, yeah, to, to right. your point, yeah. Julia Roberts, Roberts is, you know, um, is well, doesn't yeah, get well, that Yeah, well, why can't treatment. we yeah. know more? Yeah, yeah because and, I mean, that, you that, owe us. Yeah. And that exists, like, like in uh, the, uh, the her life in the real world. But I also think that there's kind of an essence about her on screen as well. That's, that's. And I think that's what stuff. makes her character in this movie oh, totally. so, yeah. you know, like, I, mean, they, they I think they hit those points really well. I and, think. and I think um, that that's, that's why she's, part of the reason why she's so good is, is that uh, rather than um, uh, having her 
act through that characteristic. They, they yeah, they play they, it up. They yeah. play up that narrative yeah. and serve it to us. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, another in a long line of uh, Julia Roberts playing meta versions of herself. I guess. What else is there? Well, Ocean's Twelve is it? Oh, oh well, she, she actually plays, plays herself. herself. This yeah. was like the first step towards actually playing herself. <laughs> yeah, yep. the much maligned Ocean's Twelve that you with, will stand. I will. I will stand by Ocean's Twelve. Ocean's <laughs> Thirteen, not so much. Mm. <laughs> Ocean's Eleven, I think, is is a near perfect movie. Is that a fact? It's a fact. Is that a fact? That a fact. Is that a fact? Is that a fact? That a fact. Yeah, it's a fact. All right, so uh, we are without Seb, but um, uh, we will soldier on. Um, and uh, I have uh, got the got the facts. And I didn't even um, read the Wikipedia article to give you a head start. Excellent. Thank you very, thank you very <laughs> much. Um, so, uh, so you two are both in the hot seat. Okay. First fact. <clears throat> Richard Curtis said that the role of Anna Scott was originally going to be played by Andy McDowell, but after initial meetings, they both decided it would be paying too much fan service. Interesting. The park bench used in the film now lives in Queen's Gardens in East Perth, Western Australia. After filming, the bench had been purchased at auction as a romantic gift for a relationship that failed. Afterwards, a local Perth resident anonymously donated the bench to the city of Perth, and it now really does live in a beautiful garden that is locked at night. And the last one. That was a lot of detail. That's a lot of detail. Mm. Um, Hugh Grant was critical about kissing Julia Roberts because of her large mouth. He said she had such a large mouth and was aware of a faint echo as I was kissing her. Roberts has since forgiven Grant for the comments and has said she is willing to work with him again. So, do you need those? Mm. I mean, they're quite long, so do you need them again? Or are we, you know, Richard Curtis, Andy McDowell? Andy McDowell, we've got Park Bench, we've got Big Mouth. Yep. All right. Kane. I think Andy McDowell is the untruth, the false fact. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to go bold. Even though I can't imagine Annie McDowell in this role because she doesn't have, like, she's not an a, she wasn't an A-list star, so it kind of. It's barely an actor. How excuse. <laughs> no, no, Well, she was great L'Oreal model. Mm. Um, I'm going to go the bench because it was so such a long piece of trivia that I think. Oh mm, well. Just to be. I'm I'm glad you did. Um, but Kane is correct. Uh, um, no, Julia Roberts was the one and only yeah. uh, one and make only sense choice. Without her. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, she, uh, she took the role with uh, basically her agent said it's the best romantic comedy I've read in ages. You really need to to mm. read this and um, and yeah, she I mean she made. Fifteen million on it, so it was a good, good little cut for and and that which is what she references in the, in the movie. Um, <laughs> and for a forty-two million production budget, she got a nice little slice. Well, um, I was actually <clears> going <throat> to say the movie looks so terrible that it is you can only yeah. imagine that yeah. they paid all the money for her and mm-hmm. licensing the Chagall painting, yep. and there was nothing um, left for. I don't but think it's it made, terrible looking. Uh, it's there's just a lot of there's a, yeah, it's very workmanlike. Like there's a there's that shot when they're. Um, both 
my housemate and I groaned when we watched <laughs> it, uh, when they're in, um, when she says, you know, come and sit next to me on the park bench. Yes. And then it just does that pullback oh, that, shot yeah, and it looks back. like it's just like, all right, turn it to pullback shot and press go. Yep. It was, yeah, really. And the know, films within the film. The yeah. one of her in space. Matt where- Modine as well. Did you notice yeah. Matt oh Modine so in the um, Joker? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they looked like complete garbage. Yeah, but this this movie did. Uh, it's you know forty two million production made three hundred and sixty three million, which Hell is for a rom com is huge. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they always. I mean, that's why they love throwing out rom coms because they yeah. you know. Fifty million, pretty much the most you're ever going to pay for one, and uh, and well, um, they could have paid a bit more. They, they probably, I really mean, it's could you have. know, it's mm. it's probably fairly punchy for a um, a British production yeah. at that time. You- Wasn't it the highest grossing British production of all time? Might have been, or was oh. at the time. Well, mm-hmm. that wasn't in the facts, but, uh, no. you know, who knows? Well, yeah, um, you're not the uh, the official fact giver, so mm. just walk that back. But uh, but good work, Kane. Yeah, I, I was, uh, you know, um, but at least I did it properly this time. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't get all upset at me. Um, do you think this uh, does anything interesting or different with the general form of a rom-com? Um in the sense that, you know, most rom-coms are, you know, they meet, then there is a point of... Discord of some Discord, yeah. and then it all comes back. Like, they kind of double up on that in this movie. Like, there's two of those. Yeah, there's a couple... False starts, I would call them. Yeah. Because... I mean, isn't, isn't it usual to the form that there's multiple? When Harry no, met Sally, you like uh, this? Oh, yeah. Well, maybe the better ones, but usually it is. I mean, I think Harry, when Harry met Sally is pushing the form more. Mm. It's almost an anthology movie, really. Yeah. I, I think did it, when Harry Mazzelli invented the form in a like the modern form of it, you know what I mean? Like like no. prior pri, pri no. to prior no. to that, the paradigm was was his girl Friday. It was Rosalind Russell and uh, uh, Cary, Grant. Cary Grant movies, right? No, no his that girl was Friday like the thirties yeah. versus the like. No, it, like, was, the, wasn't the it Marbons for a long time? I don't think so. I mean, can you can, <laughs> can can you think of romantic comedies from say the sixties? Yeah, all the Doris Day and Rock Hudson ones, Pillow Talk, and okay, yeah, no, you're just ignorant. Seventies <laughs> <laughs> then. 70s were maybe a point where they were moribund, where you got uh, What's Up, Taxi Dark. Driver was a romantic about, comedy in the 70s. What about all the Barbara Streisand ones? Like They're Funny good, Girl mm, and... I would call that a well, musical then you've before got, I call uh, it a romantic comedy. Um, it's a romantic uh, musical comedy. What's the, um, the way we were? I mean, but that again, oh, that yeah, is, that's, that, that yeah. is ba- again back and forth. What's so. Up, Doc, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, shampoo, I guess, but, but shampoo has that yeah. bleak kind of like seventies outlook. You know what I mean? I guess I'm just more talking about from the the numerous ones mm. that I've seen where it is, uh, boy meets girl. Then there is the point of you know break, and then they get back together at the the end, and that's pretty standard across the board. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting in that it doesn't really give them a lot of moments of intimacy. So yeah. that scene of them in the bed and of um, uh, the first time they slept together and them reading lines on the roof mm. together, the the actual amount of time that they have something that is like a nice 
They, they, they're sort of cocooned away for yeah. those few days. And, you know, you've got big feet and stuff like that mm, where I, it's quite nice. As and, soon as his feet turned up on the coffee table, I was just like, get them out of here. <laughs> I'm not a feet fan and he's not, not good. Um, but, yes, sorry. That but was but, a, it, was segue, nice, but it, was, it was a nice moment. It was and, nice, but it was very short and I feel like yep. it was much more compressed and economical. It was more a movie about missing someone than it was about yeah. being with someone. Yeah really focus more on him feeling quite bereft, not knowing his place in the world, not knowing, like trying to accept the fact that he has to give up this chance more so than a love. Yes. They're not in love. They maybe could fall in love and he's giving up that chance. Yep. Because it it was dangled. You know, the the, the possibility was dangled and and he didn't, uh, because of his character, didn't. Um, grab it with yeah. the, the full, you know, gusto because you yeah. didn't have the confidence because why would you when it's the biggest movie star in mm-hmm. the world? Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, I, I agree with you. I hadn't thought about it, but yes, I would agree with you. It's like slightly, I mean, not exactly, you know, genre bending or no. anything like that, but it was, it was, it was. It's not like Brazil, but it's no. still <laughs> like, yeah, it's definitely playing with the form. Yeah. Um, I, um, yeah, I was thinking about like the, that it may be different in terms of the power balance being yep. different. Mm-hmm. However, I, I think that ultimately it's uh, just as retrograde, you know, because because I think it's it's uh, the female the female viewer of this uh, of this movie is meant to th- uh, think I am like Julia Roberts. I am a powerful woman who uh, is self determined uh, and amazing and radiantly beautiful. Uh, and the male viewer of this movie is meant to think, uh, my God, like I'm, I'm, I'm just a shitty, boring dude and I can get the, uh, the most beautiful woman in the world. Right. But, uh, it's the, the it's, final scene kind of, well, I, I, I think, I, th- I think that it's, uh, ultimately, um, uh, not a, Feminist, it doesn't have a feminist outlook because I don't think anyone would dare. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Richard Curtis, yeah, I know, Richard I know. Curtis. world's best yeah. feminist. I mean, look yeah. at Love Actually. There's so um, many great, I, yeah. empowering messages in that I'm, movie. Of course, I know. But I guess what I'm saying is, what it lurks under the surface is it's telling women that uh, what they should be aiming for. Uh, the ideal is just some cocked out loser <laughs> who's <laughs> I disagree. No. Yeah. No. And, Sorry. and and yeah. It's it's uh it's 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 uh braiding women. It's saying that that is your ideal is just some idiot with a shitty house. <laughs> I completely, no. 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 I'm um, afraid not. What uh And uh, yeah, it's telling women that they're pathetic and and that, <laughs> Um, is this Alex Jones? And, and, and it's, and it's, and it's, what is happening? And it's and it's vaunting like like uh, the everyman. It's well, no, it's vaunting toxic masculinity. Okay, like like right. these what schlubby. Because Alec, like, Alec Baldwin's a real hero in this movie. No, like like uh, um, Hugh Grant. You know mm. what I mean? Like like he's 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 not emotionally available. You know what I mean? He's, uh, he, he seems he's, only available to her. He sees women as something to be acquired. I do think 
As I was saying before, I do think that the the scene with them, and I would like to know if you guys agree that I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking mm. him to love her is among the worst lines in cinema. Oh, history. absolutely! But but but, but it, she does it, what she it comes can up with. with it. it comes up with the uh, but that but that is also the uh, you know what is it the Andy McDowell. It's raining. Oh, I didn't notice. Like, it's like, mm. again, one of the worst yeah. lines, you know, but he needed, it's it's courtesy. He needs to, yeah, yeah. you know, I have to have the line or, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, old mate holding up the cards or whatever in, um, I've never even seen that movie, but I've seen the, you know, the guy from Walking Dead holding cards oh. up in. Um, yeah, in Love Actually Love for Kieran Kira Kira Eiley. Um, yeah, you need those, you need those points where it's just like everyone's supposed to melt and it's like, well, no, um, I liked it. Okay. I, well, that's what I was asking. I was like, to me, my whole body went into a, like a full cringe watching that because it just seems so pathetic to me. It's all working up to that line, right? Perhaps if she'd said, I'm just a woman standing in front of a man, but it's the, yeah, I don't the, like that yeah. it's the girl standing in front of a boy yeah. that makes mm. it like, and I know that it's supposed to be as rem, to remove it from, I'm an A-list star standing in front of a struggling bookshop owner. It's trying to put them on the same level, yeah. but you could still do that yeah, with say, woman person, and man. You know, or I'm just a yeah, person. Yeah, I'm a person standing yeah. in front of a person yeah. being vulnerable. Yeah. That's you know. really all we need to get to. We don't need to get to yeah. it by her totally prostrating herself. Yeah. And that was the moment that I thought that Hugh Grant's self-deprecation is weaponized because he really seems to turn on her in that scene because he's angry about her putting him down in front of the other actor when he goes to the William James set and... Um, She's like, oh, sorry, Henry James, wrong James, yeah. wrong James brother. Um, yeah. uh, I, he yep. gets nasty. And the fact that that line doesn't work on him, I know it's a plot contrivance mm. on one level because he need, there needs to be the scene where the friends tell him he's terrible and then they get in the car and run away. But I do think he's unnecessarily cruel in how he gets there and perhaps it could have been... I don't know. They just needed to play it differently. I yeah. really disliked him at that moment. I'm like, you don't deserve her. Here she's. But but do you know? But do you not think that, uh, you know, that was basically the third time that she'd let him down. Well, and 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 and, and uh, as someone who has pined for people. Um, yeah, no, and you know, I know what um, I've I've been uh, Hugh Grant literally on the couch, hoping the person upstairs will come downstairs, and then yep. in my case, they did not come downstairs. Yep. So I was happy it worked out for Hugh. Um, I've been a piner also. Yeah, but she didn't behave that badly to him. That moment where she's like, "Oh, I've behaved terribly." I don't think she had been that. She's just in a really heightened, extreme set of circumstances yeah. and she's had emotional responses to them and maybe she could have done better to communicate, but I truly don't think she's done that many bad things to him. He's just pathetic and he <laughs> he makes it seem like she's this been this monster to yeah. him. Really all she's done is have like, fuck, now the world thinks I'm a slut again mm. um, and it's partly your fault because, you know, you haven't helped me the way that you could have. And your housemate. And, yeah. Ruined it for us. your housemate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? No, I like, get it. I, 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 get think, it. I think she's in the clear, though. She could have done better to communicate with him mm. more about how she's feeling. He doesn't have that much of a right to be angry. And he really, there's just this little nasty little turn that he makes and I don't like it and he should fuck off. 
<laughs> but I do love when they get in the well, car. Without that, he's just, uh, his personality is constituted entirely by self-deprecation. Then. Yeah. Mm. It's the only dimensionalizing thing about him. Mm. Yeah, maybe so. But I, I, and speaking of that car, um, the car bit, uh, classic R&B, uh, you know, um, soul song comes on. And, yeah. But, um, uh, I do like the the shot where, um, you know, the wife is sort of sitting outside. She's like, go, go. He's like, yeah. no, bugger that. Yeah. You know, get in the car. You know, you're, you're part of this. So, yeah. but, and I also like when they're all giving him advice about, again, a, a pre-internet thing. Of yes. Like, where's, what's the best route to go? Yes, He's yes. Like, and they're all arguing. And then was it James Bond doesn't have to put up with this shit. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I quite enjoyed that bit. Yeah, um, me too. Again, uh, even though the friends are a bit too removed in terms of class to be fully relatable, their chemistry as uh, actors works. Yeah. And you, you want to get in the it car was a, and It yell. was a well-chosen cast. And yes. Hugh Bonneville looking, you know, quite young. Yeah. You know. Right. Who's Hugh Bonneville? <laughs> uh, from Downton Abbey. Uh, he's the dad in the, Downton oh, Abbey. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, and he's the he's the stockbroker. Huh. And he, yeah. He really like, aged into his yeah, face, Yeah, I was about to say huh? 15 years or whatever it was after, or not he even. He looked better older. Yeah, that's what I'm Fucking saying. Like, like he, he, fuck you guys. I do, I do. I do. It was, it was great when his head, uh, you know, if these cheeks got any fatter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, just wait. <laughs> just you wait. Just you wait. Just you wait. Um, do we have any final uh, points and thoughts? Um, I just wanted. Well, I had a couple. Sorry. Please. Um, when Ronan, the choice of using Ronan's Keating. Ronan's Keating. <laughs> Is that multiple Ronans? I'll have more coffee, less wine. It'll be wine. the Ronan's Keating. Yeah, yeah, the Ronan's um, Keating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you say nothing at all over two separate montages yeah. is too meta. Yeah. Be, like, you're literally not letting the characters say anything at all and mm. you're hoping that merely watching them act with each other and having this music over the top is going to uh, stand in for character development. And yep. But also we're going to be like winking at the audience by using this song. It just mm-hmm. was so much. It was too much. It killed me. Yep. Just Richard, dial it back. Um, I thought they lit the shit out of this movie. Oh, and they shouldn't so have. So brightly lit. Like... Some of this, you know, like in the bookshop, I'm like, have you got, you know, the, I mean, you need to be cutting back on your power bill anyway. Mm. Um, like it was so brightly lit, um, which doesn't work for, and is it always summer in London? Apparently. You know, Except in that montage. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> walking around in shirts. I've spent a lot of time yeah, in London. Not a lot shirt. of time wearing just no. your shirt, um, no. you know, maybe for two weeks of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was, you know, pre-big climate change stuff. So, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was it was all like this, you know, all, all the, uh, you know, everyone's wearing these slinky dresses and things mm-hmm. like that, just wandering around and... Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just thought the light, again, uh, sort of going back to the very workmanlike, um, production, but the lighting was, whew, Yeah, it was, uh, you, you need a bit of dankness in, in totally. London. Yeah. Totally. Not necessarily in a romantic comedy though. No. No, but it needs to but be a just, little bit more. It just <laughs> no, makes I mean, it I, I, cheaper. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Kane? Um, in the press conference sequence, uh, where Hugh's wandering around as a uh, representative horse and hound magazine. Mm-hmm. I think it's such a layup to make a woman wearing a suit mm. really sexy mm-hmm. and she looked terrible. I think maybe that has a lot to do with 90s suiting. Yes, it does. <laughs> For example, the boot cut 
yes, totally. leg on yeah, that suit exactly. was poor, as were all Bad her tie. jeans. The jeans that she was wearing didn't fit her yeah. in other scenes. And and the almost like 1950s secretary sort of blue thing that she was wearing in the final scene. I love like, that is very 90s to me. Really? Like yeah. where, where, what she's wearing when, when she says the line, it looks like oh, it's the like, least glamorous yeah. uh, thing, you know, but I just thought, really? Like mm. it, it, it just didn't suit the scene yeah. at all. Um, like maybe she was humbling herself and, you know, went to H&M. Prostrating um, herself. Yes. Well, she's meant to look girlish, right? Mm. Mm. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't work. Can um, I just one please, last thing? Please. James Dreyfus, the guy in the cardigan in the, who works in his bookstore. Mm. Um, the, the, at, right at the start when they're drinking cappuccinos out of the styrofoam cup, mm. it, I don't know. You know how in movies and TV they usually don't have anything in, in cups? Mm. I don't know if he just was like next leveling the drinking of out of this cup and there was actually yeah. nothing in there. But he did this thing where he like at the end he like – chugs a bit harder because you remember in the 90s that the foam on a cappuccino oh, yeah. would be right at the bottom oh. and you'd do it and he's like bloop. yeah he really looks like a frog at the end it's like he's mentally chugging that last bit of cappuccino foam yeah i don't know why but that really stood out to me it was like <laughs> real cinema veritation yeah yeah it's acting the shit out of yeah it. so ultimately did you like this movie yes i did mm. i think that Hugh Grant was bad, as we've discovered mm. in that last scene. Apart from that, oh, and the, and the, look, okay, yeah, I guess I've said a lot of complaints yeah. about this movie, but overall, I, I thought it was it. fine. Like, you know, I, I remember it in enjoying it more, but, you know, when you're sort of watching it with some sort of critical eye, it, there's just, yeah, like, could have been a great 90 minute movie, you know, really could Agreed. have, you know, done with done 15 with some, extra million dollars on the production. Yep. Um, but, you know, hey, they, uh, they did what they, they could. They did what they could, and um, it uh, it has more going for it than uh, it doesn't. Then yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. What about you, Kane? Um, yeah, as a as a reflection, I I I liked it. I tried my best not to be charmed by it, but I I was Why? charmed by it. What? Why did you try? I not don't to be like the kind of humor, and it's, you it's, just don't like English humor. I guess so. Yeah, and and I don't, I don't. This li- is a well-known fact about you. <laughs> and I don't like. Why not, Kate? <laughs> I just my don't. My pussy is very cold tonight. <laughs> what? That's Your a, pussy. That's a, <laughs> are you being served? You have not seeing some. Uh, are you being? I know, free? I know, I know, but. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I, I get that reference. That. <laughs> Uh, I'm just thinking sorry, quintessential continue. Continue. English comedy. Yep. I, I I don't know. I, I just don't like that affect. I and and I don't like that outlook. That that kind of the the one that you invented. No 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 not that one. Just just <laughs> that the ideal state of being is just kind of being having this uh, put upon middle class existence. You know what I mean? Upper middle class. I just didn't like that outlook, uh, and and just you know a comedy that's entirely premised on being like kind of fussy and self-deprecating, and but oh, I mean that's that's what I was fighting against. But I think ultimately it was well made enough, and um, in terms of well written enough, I should say mm. that that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Please do make that yeah. distinction. Yeah. <laughs> 
That I couldn't help but be charmed by those exchanges. I mean, because ultimately, I mean, what is um, a romantic comedy if not its dialogue? You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and for the chemistry and yeah, yeah. Like that. Which I mean, we, that's yeah. certainly the thirties format is the dialogue yeah. and the chemistry. Yeah. 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 Remember when we watched uh, His Girl Friday? One of the yes. great movies of yeah. all time. If you haven't seen His Girl Friday, don't stop this podcast. But once the podcast is finished, yes. go and rent it and watch it and, and just have the best time in the world. No, I think it's really overrated. You don't like his no, girlfriend? I didn't like it. Oh, I love that movie. This is too much. It was just the, the, the pace of it was just oppressive. I didn't like it. Okay, so based on whether you like me if more you, or Kane more. Or if you like Gilmore Girls. If you're into the like Gilmore Girls style of rapid fire yeah, dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> I do not like that, but I like it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I was sorry, ready Brady. to, I was um, ready to um, you know, because it's a consensus movie. I was ready to jump on board that uh, train, but ultimately I didn't like it. Um, yeah, but Notting Hill... Okay. I, uh, you do couldn't, like. Couldn't help. Better a- than his girl Friday, says Kane Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think that's a wrap on Notting Hill. Um, thank you, as always, to Jeremy Watson of the Jackie Winter Group for providing this delightful recording space. Um, you can listen to their podcast, Jackie Winter Gives You the Business, um, on your, you know, your, your pod things. Um, and uh, you can follow us on all the social medias and stuff. And, and your um, Ronan's Keating. Pardon? And your Ronan's Keatings. And, and, Keatings. Um, and uh, I think he's he on like the, the, the Voice or one of those shows. I don't doubt it. I reckon. I he, think he's, yeah, he'd probably be getting some excellent, what's it called? What are residuals. In yeah. music. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Uh, Boy zone. You know, yeah, royalties. Yeah. royalties. He's getting some excellent residuals royalties. and royalties. And, yeah. yeah, all the R's. Um, I've been Mike Cairns. Over there is Kane. Poked up Daniel. Suck eggs. And and Alex. Hey, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And uh, we will see you again next time. Bye.